Hello, welcome to my podcast. We are continuing on what it means to develop your relationship with God. Last time we talked about the importance of spending time or using time every day to talk to God. Today we're going to talk about how God can talk to you. But before we get into it, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for making a way for us to have a relationship with you. It's hard to imagine you, the creator of everything seen and unseen, wanting to have a relationship with each of us personally. Help us to learn to talk to you and hear you respond. Teach us more today so we can get comfortable with the spiritual side of things. Lord, give me the best words to share your heart with everyone who listens to this. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, first and foremost, God wants a relationship with you personally. He doesn't want to have you go through someone else to hear from him or to ask him questions or get your questions answered. That's always been God's desire. Even when the Israelites were let out of Egypt, God wanted to speak personally to them, but they feared God because of the lightning and the thunder, and they begged Moses to be the intermediary. Then God used prophets, and then Jesus came. And several times, in different ways, he said, come to God through Jesus alone. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, right? The only teacher you need is the Holy Spirit who lives inside of you. Now, I'm not saying that you should completely just rely on what you read in the Bible and not look at what other scholars and believers have studied and thought and pondered over the years, right? But pastors and teachers are supposed to equip you to have and maintain this personal relationship with God and then to equip you to expand the kingdom. That's what God's plan is. And that's what our plan is here at Living Brightly. Remember, this is the second part of six in developing your relationship with God. And the last time we shared the unique access you have to God because of Jesus. Jesus' complete work on the cross opened the way for you to have access and talk to God personally. We're in this already but not yet era. It's a time when Jesus' sacrifice and the presence of the Holy Spirit can draw people into relationship. But we're still in time and space, right? And the Holy Spirit has been poured out on all flesh so that everyone can have eyes to see and ears to hear. And the first thing we hear is our sinfulness and our need to come to the Father and need to have relationship. And then you accept Christ. And of course, now you've started spending some time with God, talking, praying, asking questions, just being grateful for all that he has given you. And you're off to an awesome start. Good job. And today we're going to, again, look at how God communicates to you. He's not interested in a bunch of fearful slaves or mindless drones. He wants a heart-to-heart, spirit-to-spirit connection with you, personally with you, not with your parents and you, not with your pastor to you, not with your spouse to you, you and God, distinct and unique relationship, unlike anyone else's or any of his other children. But to have a one-on-one relationship requires one-on-one time time that you have to set aside to be in communication with God. Your whole life, the Holy Spirit has been searching for a way to inspire you to seek out this relationship with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. 
now you've begun it and are a little more comfortable talking to God and being thankful, it's time to learn how the Holy Spirit, who lives within you, can help you hear God speak to you for you. But unfortunately, you're not going to see God or hear God in the way you can other people. You hear and communicate with God in what you might call a long-distance or distance communication. I guess when I think about somebody in today's world, there's Snapchat, there's Instagram, there's text, email. Those are all communication. Now, someone who's older might use notes or cards or letters. You know, these all share ideas and concepts without physically seeing the person, without physically touching the person. All these types of communication can cover vast amounts of space and vast amounts of time. I'm recording this now. You could listen to it three years from now, but it's still me communicating to you. Let me give you an example. I recently acquired an old box of a previous owners of my family home. Now, my parents purchased the house in the 1950s, and my mother sold it in 2019. And at that time, I became the owner of this curious box that was in the top cupboard of a built-in china cupboard. And I was always fascinated by it. So when we were going through her house, I pulled that box out and I said, well, what's actually in here? And nestled inside were photos, letters, booklets, all kinds of memorabilia, some clothing, like a hat and stuff. And it was all from World War I era. And I just was fascinated. These documents and these trinkets tell the story of a man and his family. I just want to know a little bit more. Now, I, I don't know who the family is. I don't have any significant connection to the period. I don't have a connection to World War I. I'm sure some people in my family served in World War I. I've never served in the military. But in some way, this person was a child of God, a citizen of the United States, a person who lived in the home that I lived in. And I'm drawn to understand a little bit about his life, what life was like, what these people have experienced and what has changed over time, what hasn't changed over time. And I can get some of that because of this little box of treasures. And this is how we get to spend time and communicate with God. No, we don't see, hear, touch them. We, we can't hold God. God can't give us a hug when we're feeling blue. But much like this box of mementos, letters, booklets, images, the box itself tell me a story about this person. Some parts are easy to understand and others require a little of thought and detective work to understand. There are mementos everywhere. God's creativity is unavoidable. Look at the weather outside. Look at the lawn that you have to mow. Even putting gas in your car is dependent on the way God created this world to function, who God put in time and space, who put you in time and space. They're all mementos and remnants of the touch of God. 
not only are you and the people in your life, but all the things that are around you. Yes, we build things out of steel, but the steel comes from the ground and God created all of it. We make things from wood and God planted the trees, right? Above all things, like that box of mementos, the Bible is God's preserved word. In the New Testament, in the book of John, it starts out by saying, In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. Later on, it, about verse 14, it says, And the Word became flesh and made its tabernacle with us. That tabernacle is you. You are the tabernacle. The Word was Jesus. Through Jesus, right, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. That's Jesus. Because of Jesus, now God lives within you. And because God lives within you, God speaks to you and can speak to you through his word, the Bible. It's a precious gift that is really kind of unique to modern times because the printing press and translations and, yes, translations are human and imperfect, but God is superior to that. And God is faithful and powerful enough to preserve his word And to meet you on the pages of his word, no matter the quality of the translation, because the Holy Spirit within you can help you know truth if you're seeking him. Remember, knock and it will be open. Seek and you will find. You find what you're looking for. Now, you can manipulate the Bible to justify just about anything, which is why we have cults and we have goofy religions that teach you all kinds of things that are not authentic to God's word, but it doesn't mean you you just throw it away because one person misuses it, right? But you've got this Bible and, and you people tell you, read it. Just read your Bible. Well, the Bible is not like any other book that you have ever read. And most books, you pick it up and you read it from the first page to the last page, which I'm not saying is a bad thing. It's a good thing to read through your Bible, Uh, at least once, maybe twice. Some people do it every year. Um, But the Bible is part history. There's lots of historical accounts. It's also part philosophical, and there's lots of wisdom in there. And so it's kind of a philosophy book. It's kind of a history book. But all in all, pulled all together, it's an exhaustive guidebook for the best life imaginable. Now, the best life imaginable is not a life without pain, it's not without trouble, but it provides the guide into how to encounter those things, those difficult times, those good times, and process and deal and flourish at the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. So it's probably not best read just cover to cover because the Bible has a lot of commentary on itself. There's lots of cross-references. It's it's a huge amount of cross-references in the Bible, like 60,000 times the Bible cross-references itself. And that's just humans trying to figure it out. There's probably many, many more that people miss, right? So let me give you a quick breakdown of the Bible. The Old Testament is everything before Christ. It has a lot of wisdom, certainly has a lot of history, but the purpose of that was to expose our sinful nature and our need for a savior. So the whole point of the Old Testament was to say, you know what, 
we can't do this on our own. We can't even follow the law on our own. Remember all those guidelines that everybody has to follow? Can't do it. It's just, it's impossible. We are so human and we are so broken. Can't happen. And that's Genesis to Malachi. Or if you're an Italian, a Malachi. No. (laughs) Right after that in your Bible is the New Testament. And the New Testament begins with four Unique, they're, they're individual, but they're parallel books describing the life of Christ. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Now, Matthew, Mark, and Luke are very similar. They're called the synoptic, meaning they're very synonymous with each other, although not identical because they're individual writers. And then John is a different take on the life of Christ. Following that, we have Acts, which covers that 40 days after Christ was resurrected and appeared to his followers his ascension, and then the beginnings of the Christian church. Then you have a bunch of epistles, and epistles basically means letters, a bunch of letters to various churches, Romans, Hebrews, which is to the Jews, uh, the Corinthians, Philippians, they're all letters to specific churches. So some specific churches had specific issues they were dealing with, and some things you'll see in some of those books were specific to that church in that time. So you can't pull it out of context, you have to take it all in context. And if there's not a lot of cross-reference support for it, it's probably very specific to that specific situation. In the very front of the Bible, you're going to find a list of the books and their abbreviations, and those are important. And it's okay to use that page. Use it a lot. It will help you navigate the Bible and navigate the appendix. The appendix, of course, is in the back of the Bible, and it can be various sizes And it should include general topics such as fear, forgiveness, or fasting. It's also a way to find specific verses you may have heard someone quote or several verses on the same topic. So you remember one key word that's a little different, look for that in the back, you might find it. If you're struggling with something like anger or bitterness or conflict, start in the appendix and you'll find a couple verses to look up. You want to look up several verses, again, because the Bible is a commentary unto itself. It it talks and reinforces and reiterates and rewords some of the same things. And you want to use those cross-references to really build a picture of how God views this. When you look up a verse, most Bibles have a reference in column in the middle or the outside of the pages. Sometimes it's as a footnote. Those will be other cross-references that you can use to look up more about that specific verse. Now, they can't put all cross-references in the margin or the Bible would be a thousand extra pages long because there's so much cross-talk within the Bible. But they are useful for finding a lot of other key verses. Now, they're subjective, right? Because who chose which cross-reference to put and what cross-reference to not put? <laughs> the author, right? The, the publisher of that book. So every Bible has slightly different cross-references. That's okay. That's just more information for you. Now, I suggest that when you read those verses, you read them in context, which means you have to read at least the full page that they're on preferably the full chapter. If it's very close to the beginning of a chapter and end of a chapter, read before the verse and after the verse. And if you have to, 
read a little bit more to make sure you get it in context because it's really easy to pull a verse out of context and not really understand exactly what God is trying to say. Just like if you pulled a quote from this podcast at any specific time, you could kind of make it sound like I was saying something that I wasn't really saying. (laughs) So we want to be careful about that. But these are very useful and important tools that are provided in almost any kind of Bible that you might buy. I'm going to take a break right here and remind you that this is a Value for Value podcast. Thank you for listening. If you're enjoying this podcast and find value in what you hear, all I ask is you turn that value into a number and go to elainecross.com and make a donation. I freely provide my time, talent, and treasure to publish it, but I need your help to continue to provide this for you. I know people need to hear this, so I won't set up a paywall or subscription level. I refuse to be beholden to advertising corporations that control the content. You are who I want to serve. So help produce the next episode to spark the light in someone else to push back against the chaos of darkness, one person at a time. Go to ElaineCross.com, that's E-L-A-Y-N-E, cross as in Jesus died on the cross, dot com, and make a donation. Then send a note to me at donation at ElaineCross.com. Let's continue. You're setting aside this 40 days, you're going to talk to God, and now you're going to learn to listen to God and learn to grow this relationship with God. You need to get a Bible if you don't have one. And I do recommend that you get one with um, maybe some study guides, but but more than anything, that it has a good appendix in it. It has a good list of words in the back that you can use to reference you back to other scripture verses. Other Bibles I recommend have in the pages of the book, there are columns, and in those columns, there are sometimes other verses, reference verses, where it take you to either where that story is told again, and that is really helpful as you're trying to hear from God and look for something. Sometimes the first verse that you find isn't it, but the second or the third one that relates to the same topic, the Holy Spirit will finally get through the your own mind's thoughts and expectations and kind of clear it up for you and you finally have that aha moment. Having those cross-references in your Bible is very important. If you have a specific question you want to look at, a specific topic, then start in the back and find those topics and look them up and read several reference verses. Most appendixes have three or four scriptures underneath them. And remember, Old Testament is pre-Jesus, so it's all pointing to why you need a Savior and that you are a sinner. Everything in the New Testament is going to be more like how to live this life once you've gotten Christ, once you've accepted Jesus as your Savior. So get a Bible. If you don't have one, I did talk about different translations in episode 26, Defining Success. You can listen to that episode and look at the show notes at elainecross.com. I suggest you stick more to a literal translation um, than a phrase-by-phrase translation. Again, listen to episode 26. I go into a lot of the detail about the different types of translations because you can get real you can get real words that you can cross-reference easier in a more literal translation. If you don't have a specific topic you want to explore, then I suggest starting with the book of Luke or Acts or Romans, any of those three. Um, 
just ask God. It's like, God, which of these is a good place to start? I don't even know where to start. Where should I start? If God brings to mind a book or God, one of those three, Luke, Acts, or Romans stands out to you, go read it. You know, you've got time. You could, you could read all three of those in the next six weeks. You could read those three. You could read a, a chapter of the Bible every week. And that would take you more than a year. <laughs> or a book of the, I'm sorry. <laughs> you could read a book of the Bible every week, and it would take you more than a year to read the Bible. So there's there's plenty to do, but you can easily read any book of the New Testament in a week. You can read it in a day. They're, they're not that long. Um, some are obviously longer than others, but um, start with one of these. A topic may come to mind. You can do a research in the back or a different book that maybe someone else has recommended to you, but God wants to answer your questions. Now you've got your Bible and you're going to carve out some time, even 10 minutes to start reading. I suggest you get a pen and a piece of paper because God has a lot to share and often you can find more things. And if you only have so much time one day, you're going to come back to it the next day and you can make some notes. You can write down some verses, especially if you see a cross-reference somewhere you want to refer back to. It's just handy to have some pen and paper. Um, now talk to God. Thank him for preserving his word. So say a little prayer. Thank him for preserving his word. Thank you. Thank him for promising to answer your questions and to answer when you call. And if you have something specific, it's like, Lord, just talk to me. Give, give me ears to see and eyes to hear all that you have for me today. Speak to me through your word. Tell him what you want. Because again, God wants to connect with you. And he's not going to force you He's not going to force himself into your life. So you need to welcome him in. You need to ask him for wisdom. Ask him for guidance, clarity, peace, whatever it is. Um, if you don't know, say, Holy Spirit, I don't even know what I need today. But I believe you can help me, guide me to truth for me today. And just talk a little bit, be quiet, and listen as he directs you. It's kind of like ice skating. You're not perfect. It'll, you'll fall down a few times, but you'll get there. Jesus tells this parable, a parable you may have probably heard of before, but if not, that's okay. And as you start this new way of listening to God, I want you to read it, Matthew chapter 13. And it starts in verse 18, and it runs through like 23 or further. It's called the parable of the sower or the sower in the soils. And a sower basically throws seed and the seed lands in four types of soil. And what it tells you is you are the soil. And the seed is the word of God or the Bible, right? So you're the soil and the seed or the Bible is being thrown in basically into your heart. And I was led to believe that this was four different type of people. And it can certainly be four different type of people. But as I have grown, I can see that through the transformation of Christ has made in my life, I realize this is also my progression of maturity or transformation. This is, this is me growing in my 
walk with with Christ. This is me growing my relationship with God. So I want you to kind of think of it that way. So the seed is the word of God, and there's four different types of soil. Or the first type of soil is the path. Some seed falls on the path. And when you first hear the word of God, you don't understand it, and the truth and wisdom is stolen away because you just don't get it. And it says that, you know, Satan plucks it away and, and, and steals it from you. The second type of soil that's mentioned, some feed, seeds fall on the rocky ground. And you hear it and you're joyful, but it doesn't have any root. So it withers through trouble and persecution. You know, you have a rough day or a couple rough weeks. You're not consistent with it. And it just kind of doesn't, doesn't take any hold in your life. It doesn't stick with you. Some falls along the thorns and it takes hold, but it's crowded out by the worries of life and the pursuit of wealth. So it produces no fruit. You hear it, but there's so much else going on in your world, in your life. And there's so many other things pulling at your attention that it doesn't really produce any fruit. It doesn't really produce any lasting blessing or peace. And finally, some falls among the good ground. You hear and understand and produce a crop of 30, 60, and 100 fold. Now, that's where we want to be. Obviously, we want to, we want to hear the word of God. We want it to take root. We want it to we want to be able to really understand it. We want to produce crops. We want to be fruitful in how we behave and how we look at the world. But we all encounter seasons of struggle and setbacks. So I don't want to discourage you. I want to encourage you with this parable that you're going to have times in your life where things seem rough. There's going to be times in your life where you don't understand what God's trying to tell you. There's going to be times in your life where the cares of life, you know, your kids are sick or you're you're struggling to get a promotion at work or just things come in seasons, right? And it can come at you in waves from five different directions. And you can feel like, where is God in all this? And he's there. I just want to encourage you to keep spending some time. If you have a little time, spend spend some time in Proverbs. There's so much wisdom in Proverbs. You can read one every day, every month. You could listen to it in your car on your way to work. Get a Bible app. It'll read it out loud to you and just let it soak in. Let the Holy Spirit hide the word in your heart and then it will renew your mind. It will transform you. It will help you to see the world through God's eyes. Now, what is the Bible? You know, God is writing a story in time and space just as he did with all the people in the Bible. And just as he's writing my story, that's now overlapping with your story. But is God writing my story? Is God writing your story? Or is he continuing to write his own story and inviting you to be weaved into it in your individual moment of time and space? He's inviting you. He's asking you to allow you to co-labor with him and write the story together. Now, you're free to write your story as you please, and I'm free to write my story as I please. But when I seek a relationship with God, he asks permission in the writing of his story as a co-author, an active participant in my part of his story, my part of history. 
And God is asking that same of you. He's asking permission for you to help write history, his story, as a co-author and an active participant. God is so passionate about free will. He's going to call, he'll knock, but he will wait for you to respond. You have to respond. You have to set aside the time. You have to talk to him. You have to pick up your Bible and read it. God is in this relationship with you. And as you speak to him, he wants to respond and converse with you. So read your Bible, ask the tough questions, start memorizing some scripture. Consider the prompting of the Holy Spirit within you. Learn to listen to his reply. He will reply. Relationship is founded on communication. It's easy to talk to God. It's easy to pray. It's easy to let your faithfulness, your thankfulness, your fears, your frustrations be heard by God. It's another thing. It's another level to listen to his reply. And he is replying. He will speak to you through his word. He will speak to you through other people. He will speak to you through encounters that you may have. If you start to watch for it, if you start to listen, if you ask God to give you eyes to see and ears to hear, you will see him moving in your life. You will see his blessings. You will see his response. You will understand. You will get to know him more. And he wants that. So if you ask for it, he is going to meet you. And he's going to be patient with you. He's not going to expect you to be perfect at this. You know, he loves you. And he wants desperately to have this relationship with you. And I want you to... I want to encourage you to seek that relationship. Now, you can go to my website. You can see all the details, all the notes from this podcast, and, and I'll have it all written out. So you can, you can pull it up, elainecross.com, E-L-A-Y-N-E, cross, as in Jesus died on the cross, dot com. You can download my ebook, Connecting to Your True Power Source, which kind of outlines some of this. It also outlines things like how to pray and how to find a church and how to pick out a Bible. All of that is in there. It's, it's free. You just download it. And we will continue this journey as we move forward. With that, till next time, be blessed. <laughs>